Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opolewski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. It's good to see you uh, over Zoom today, and uh, great visiting with you. Uh, before the recording, just always good to catch up for a few minutes. Right on, always. I, I, I think it, it once again reaffirms something that we say often, and that is good friends. We need mm-hmm. good friends. And today you were here for me because of the loss of my father here in this last week, and other times I'm there for you. But I, you know, right. we're, we always know that a good friend is a phone call away. And if we need comfort or a kick in the shorts, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, can, <laughs> we can count on those things from each other. So, yeah. Speaking of what people are going through, John, uh, February 2021, yeah. um, you know, what we'd hoped for as a, a new promise, new year, January didn't really deliver on that. There was a lot of uh, upheaval and election stuff and social yes. media and people at each other's throats. And once again, you know, that, that hope for uh, something new, the hope for spring, you know, has been, has been damaged. And, I, and as people, m- most of us being from Michigan or many of our listeners and, and yeah. watchers are from Michigan, we know this, uh, we're, we should be better at this. A nice day in March does not mean it's spring in Michigan. Um, <laughs> the Lions winning a preseason game does not mean the Lions don't stink again this year. We, we should be accustomed to, to disappointments, but yet I think it, it catches everybody. Yeah. I know you've been doing some research recently about really the seriousness of the longevity of the crises we have been in as a society. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's start there this morning. What, what are you reading? What are you seeing? So, uh, I mean, in general, Jim, we're, we're seeing a, a, a swift uptick in depression, anxiety, yeah. and suicide uh, in the United States. Um, the CDC came out with a report last year in July that, that was stunning. Uh, really, one in four young adults ages uh, 18 to 24 had contemplated suicide due to the pandemic, wow. which is a 300% increase over a year prior to that. So, I mean, that's like a hockey stick type yeah. uh, increase. And then very similarly with depression, another uh, organization called the JAMA Network reported that the percentage of Americans reporting depression symptoms during the pandemic spiked to 28%. Now, a year prior to that, Jim, it was 9%. So that's more than a 300% increase. And so we're talking about people in the United States, north of 60 million people suffering with depression and leaders are caught up in the whirlwind of that. And, and, And some of that 60 million number. There are leaders and people who love Jesus, leaders who love Jesus that are one of those stats. Yeah. I think that's what I, you know, I shouldn't be wrestling with this. I love Jesus. Right. But, you know, biblically, uh, you know, people like King David, uh, Mm -hmm. Paul saying, I despaired of life and not that he wanted to die, but he's pretty clear he didn't want to live. Right. Um, So to, to think that we are immune somehow from the pressures and weight, we really are not, are we? No, we aren't. And, and I think, too, that I think if we don't think about depression and anxiety properly, Jim, it, it makes that weight even worse. Yes. Right. Uh, and, and Dr. Carolyn Leaf has become one of my favorite authors too. Too. Uh, over the last year. And she said something. Uh, I just read this a week or two ago. 
that really I thought was an important perspective. Uh, she says this, that anxiety and depression are injuries, mm. not identities. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because mm. being somebody who's recovered from major depression, it is very easy for depression to become your point of reference moving forward. Right. Uh, and, and long-term now short-term, it kind of is your identity, you know, because that's what you're dealing with. Yeah. But if you're not careful, you can begin to take that on as I'm a, I'm a depressed person as right. opposed to I'm a person who deals with depression. Right. If that makes sense. It, oh, it does. Cause I, you know, an unconscious person in shock because of a lack of sugar in that moment is a diabetic. Yes. Well, once sugar is regulated, they're, they're a person that happens to suffer from a condition called diabetes Correct. that is being properly treated and they get to live a normal life because they, they're aware of those vulnerabilities and deal with them. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so mm. one of the pillars, Jim, of yeah. mental and emotional well-being is the relationship we have with ourselves, And we're going to start there today and over the next three uh, podcasts. Yeah. We're going to talk about the subject of mental and emotional health, but Good. this one this morning is the, in my mind, at least is the pillar. Right. It's the foundation of, of being well, uh, mentally and emotionally. And that's the relationship we have with ourselves. Um, right. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, I think if you've been a Christian for very long, you know, this, right. he was asked, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And I love that Jesus didn't have to think about that. Right. He just very quickly said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And mm. I want to talk about that last piece today, that as yourself, the, the Greek connector word there means in the same manner right. as and so the most important command in the Bible talks about loving God, which I think we can all connect to, right? Where we love Jesus, we, we understand that. And loving our neighbor, we can connect to that too, even though that's, that's a little harder for us uh, to do. But, but Jesus also says, look, you need to become your own best friend. You, I can't love, Jim, I can't love you properly if, right. I, if I don't know how to do that for myself. And yeah. I think that's really what Jesus is telling us there. Yeah, no, I agree. I you probably heard the, the story about the man that was married seven times uh, to seven different women. And his conclusion is that all women are crazy, <laughs> you, you know, versus, versus his conclusion that maybe he's not really good at this husband thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Right on. So that, that brings us to kind of the, I, something a phrase I actually learned from you is, is healthy self-talk. Yeah. How, you know, I do something, like, oh, you're such an idiot. Like, that's such a normal thing to confess, if you will, to speak over myself, you know, the abundance of my heart. Now my mouth speaks and it really reveals right. sometimes there's some pretty, we don't love ourselves very well sometimes. And, and like you're saying, if we can't love ourselves, it really negates the ability to give away what we ourselves don't even have ourselves. That's, that's correct. And that's really the first behavior of, of becoming your own best friend. We're going to yeah. talk about four of them this morning, but that that's yeah. the first one. Healthy self-talk, how I talk yeah. to myself about myself. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody talks to you, Jim, about you more than you do. Yeah. yeah. You have this running conversation 
about yourself going on. Sometimes it's at the front of your thought process and sometimes it's running in the back, you know, in the background. Yeah. Um, and if that's true, and I believe that's true, uh, you have to learn, you have to learn, I have to learn how to be kind with the words we say to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, because words carry power. Yeah. And so if I, if I insult you, I, in, I mean, inherently, I know that's improper, right? Yeah, that, right. that that's damaging to you, that, that I can't take those words back. They've, they've gone out into the world, so to speak, yeah. and they have the capacity to injure you. There's, I don't know why we think this, Jim, but somehow I think we believe that if I turn that toward myself, it's not as injurious, that it, it loses right. its steam, it loses its punch. Right. It's just and, me. And nothing can be further from the mm -hmm. truth. So I used to be really terrible at that. Mm -hmm. I, would, I, I, call, I, I would say I was a serial verbal self-abuser. <laughs> wow. Until the Holy Spirit, 15 years ago, I think it was, in no uncertain terms, mm -hmm. I had one of those come to Jesus epiphanies. The Holy Spirit said, John, I don't want you doing that right. any more yeah don't talk and about that, myself that way and that flipped it for me yeah yeah that's neat that's neat I, it's funny i i wonder there's no way to really quantify this uh, some study but who, who would you trust to do the study but how i see myself affects everything else yeah. if if i walk out the door today believing that you know god's in control and he loves me and i'm tied with all humanity as his favorite child and today he's hidden things for me that I'm going to find and you walk out the door to go dig a ditch with a different attitude than mm -hmm. King that sits on the throne saying, why, you know, where's God? Why am I so cursed? Why am I, you right. know, I've, we've both been to third world countries where people with nothing are a lot happier than the people Absolutely. that are here. And you, you know why? And there's a faith, there's a family, there's mm -hmm. a community. And, and, and this, they, they learn from their surroundings, who they are. They don't look at the dirt on the floor and say, I'm poor. Right. They just don't get their identity from things like that. It's wonderful. And, yeah. and Jim, I think, you know, I think it influences everything. Yeah. It influences. So the way I talk to myself influences my ability to put proper boundaries mm -hmm. in relationships. So yeah. if I believe I'm an idiot. When somebody else calls me an idiot, that just yeah. validates right. right. what I believe already about myself. Right. But if I know that's not true and I know that I'm loved and I know that I'm accepted, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I've never done idiotic things, but the point is <laughs> if I'm coming from that, that healthy self talk, truth talk to myself, yes. when somebody calls me a name, I can fight back so much easier. Yes. If someone yeah. questions my value, <laughs> I can push back yeah. against that because I'm trained myself to yeah. believe the truth about myself. It's funny. We were making a lot of changes in the church 26 years ago when we first came to Fenton and a woman at the door, as the people are leaving, I shook hands at the door because that's what I seen every other pastor do. So that must be part of my job description. And, and uh, she walked by and she wanted to let me know that she had defended me that week, that there were lots of people in this church that hated all the changes and were really upset. And, but don't worry, I told them you're just a dumb kid and you'll figure it out pretty soon. <laughs> I remember that it, there's a there's an anger and there's a disgust and there's a frustration. There's an insult. But it was an indignation. Like, I am not a dumb kid. 
I, yeah. I may not be the smartest person in the room, but the, what will separate me from everybody else in the room is God has sent me here to serve this congregation. Let's right. put a vision inside of my heart. And I will not, I will not accept that. You, if you, what, you call me whatever you want to call me. But just so you know, when I look in the mirror, I don't see a dumb kid. kid. I see a man who's been called by God yeah. to serve this congregation and to move the kingdom forward. And I remember she walked out, I was kind of like, that was, that was pretty bold for a dumb kid to say, <laughs> you know, that was, that was pretty bold, but it was true. I, I, yes. I knew where I was leading us because God had shown it to me. And I, I refuse to take that identity as a dumb kid. Right. So Jim, this, this first piece is, is just crucial, absolutely crucial. And I don't think we've been taught as leaders to do this very well. We've right. been taught that we don't matter. We're not important. I'm a worm, you know, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And, and I don't think, I don't think Jesus looks at us that way at all. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to talk about how he looks at us in just a minute. So that's the first yeah. one. We got three more. And we're already running out of time. Go oh ahead. My keep goodness. Going. So yeah. hustle. Here's the second one. Yeah. Uh, self-care, understanding the difference between self-care and self-centeredness. Okay. So Jesus in Matthew 20, 22 wasn't saying, hey, be more selfish. Right, right. That, that's not what he was after. And, and I love the way scripture helps us interpret it. Uh, so if you don't understand a scripture, there's some, there's probably another scripture passages of scripture that help you understand something you're reading. So in, in Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul says this, he says to the Ephesian elders, he's saying goodbye, never going to see you again. And he says this powerful thing in verse 28, he says, keep watch over yourself, selves, mm. and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Right. So that phrase, keep watch, is a very pregnant word in Greek. It, there's a lot of meaning to it. It, it, it means to uh, pay attention to, to devote thought and effort to. Um, so think about that for a minute. Paul's yeah. saying, I want you to pay attention to yourself and the yeah. flock. I want you to devote thought and effort to yourself yeah. and the flock. It's not either or. It's, it's both and. Yeah. And, and, and Paul even says in Philippians 2, uh, I think it's uh, verse 4, he says, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Right. He doesn't say don't look to your interests. He says, just don't look to, to your interests alone. And I think, I think we get that confused. We think yeah. caring for ourselves, self-care is selfishness. Could it deteriorate into that? Sure. Right. But, that, but, but look, there is a healthy version of that uh, that Paul and Jesus uh, are speaking to. So right. that would be the second one. Right. That's great. Give us a third one. The uh, third one is to embrace God's opinion of you. Um, <laughs> man, if we, if we looked at ourselves the way God does, uh, our mental and emotional health would, would be so much more stable, Jim. Yeah. Uh, so I love Psalm 139. It gives us really a good window into God's opinion. And, and there are many other scriptures who do that do that. But uh, I love Psalm 139. Let me read you just a couple yeah. of passages real quick. Uh, this mm. is uh, verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. This is King David writing because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Yeah. Is David being braggadocious there? No, he's just calling it. He's, you know, it's true. Yeah. It's not bragging if right. it's true. And, and so he understood that God lovingly knitted him together. And then he goes on. 
if that's not enough, he goes on a little bit later, a couple verses later, and he says, how precious concerning me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them, where I had to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Yeah. And what a so beautiful insight. It's awesome. If you think yeah. about how many grains of sand there are in a desert, David was, you know, probably writing in an arid, you know, he lived in an arid climate, right? Yeah. It's, you can't count them, but they're uncountable. And so the point is, is not only has God made us carefully and lovingly and wonderfully, he also thinks about us all the time. And right. his thoughts toward us are good. They are loving. They are, the Bible says that we're the apple of his eye. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we mean when we talk about embracing God's opinion, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that because I, I, I'll say something and I have to be very careful how I say it, but I, I can prove biblically that I am God's favorite kid. Uh, the thing is I have to prove as well that I'm tied with all humanity for that title. That yeah. I, we are God's favorite kid, and there, there's no one that's his second favorite. No one that's his. That's right. We're we're all his first favorite, and anybody who has one child may not understand that. But those who have two, have gone through that that kind of confusion. Like, how could I ever love another baby? There's another yeah. baby on the way. How could I ever love another baby the way that I love this baby? And it almost feels like you'd have to divide it into two, and it's not. There's just a whole new pile of love. That's right. That, that is different, but the same. You'd, you'd die for both of them. You'd live for both of them. You'd give them everything they need because, and if you have 10 kids, the same thing happens 10 times. So that's right. And has billions and billions and billions of children. You say, which one's your favorite? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. The, yeah. Give us, give us your last one here. We, we have kind of uh, come to our, our, our time here. Okay. So one more, and that is caring for your soul. We're yeah. talking about becoming your own best friend, right? Well, one of the ways yeah. you do that is caring for your soul. Proverbs 19.8 says this, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. Yeah. And, and so um, in the, over the next two pods, we're going to talk about how to do that. We're going to really kind of uh, take this fourth one, Jim, and over the next two pods, really expand on it. Good. You know, how do I care for my thoughts and my emotions? How, how do I fill my emotional tank so that um, when February comes every year, I'm not hanging on by a thread right. um, that I can actually get ahead of it by, by working on those two areas. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about how to deal specifically how to deal with this whole subject of assertiveness, Jim, when it comes to mm -hmm. our emotions, because I don't mm -hmm. think we've done a really good job teaching uh, our yeah. people, teaching leaders how to manage anger. We've told them, Hey, stuff it. You know, you just yeah, don't, yeah. Pretend don't you're not angry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, and we're really going to uh, push up on uh, those things in the next two pods. You know, one of the things as we close today, John, I think is important to remind people of, and I know that we're, we're going to be talking about it for the next few weeks as well. You wrote a book that I have heard so many times. I, I can't tell you there, there are week after week after week where, that are connected to each other where people say, if it wasn't for that book, that book really helped me. That book challenged me. That book, you know, rescued my ministry, my marriage, things like that. It's the book you wrote. And, and tell us a little bit about that and how people can get a hold of a copy of that today. Jim, the, the title of the book is Unshakable You. The yeah. subtitle is Five Choices of Emotionally Healthy People. And um, for the whole month of February, we're running uh, a special offer on that. We're, we're offering it at a 40% discount. 
because we want to get this book into the hands of as many leaders, as many people in your congregation right. uh, as possible. Um, and so the way to get there is just to go convergecoach.com slash shop, and you will see the book there and it will be at a 40% discount for right. the month of February. And thank you for doing that. And again, I know everybody that's read the book has recommended the book or handed it to somebody else, but, but uh, again, to have some on hand. So as to be proactive, if someone comes and says, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's just every February, uh, the holidays are over with. It's not spring for another six months. And I just kind of get cabin fever. Like it'd be nice to have 10 on hand. So we could hand them to people and say, read this book. And next week, let's have coffee. A lot of the heavy lifting is done in private in a one-on-one -on -one conversation between you and the reader. And now the pastor, the, you know, the friend can come back and really follow up in a meaningful way. And, and it's, it's a powerful book. I, I highly, I, I'm not, there's no endorsement deal here. I highly recommend this book. Uh, I highly recommend you have two or three around you or on you or in your car, in your office, because when people need help, um, sometimes, you know, an appointment in an office with a professional, they just won't do it. Sometimes right. they just need a resource. They need a friend to say, you look bummed. I, you know, read this and next week I'll buy you a cup of coffee. So God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing your life, your ministry, your, your troubles and your triumphs with us. And we are, we are richer because of it. And uh, I just want to say, as we, we close our, our broadcast today, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a meaningful part of this ministry. If it wasn't for you, we'd just be talking to each other. So we are so happy that you have become a part of our audience, please recommend this, like it, share it with anybody you think it'd be a blessing to. It's a free resource. There's no cholesterol in it. There's no calories. You don't have to pay taxes on it. Like just get it out there and let's help some people today. So God bless you. Live long and prosper. And we'll see you next week as we continue to lead from the life.